This is a shock podcast. Shock. A rock star's guide surviving the Malaysian music industry. Woo woo woo! What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rockstar's Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. My name is Darren from the band An Honest Mistake and this podcast is meant to educate you, the artist, so that you can navigate the Malaysian music industry in a better way, alright? So there are no guidebooks, there are no rules, so this hopefully will serve as a guide to you so that you can navigate your way better and to survive in this crazy crazy industry this week we've got a brand new episode and super interesting and you know it's something that a lot of artists are getting into now and in the past 15 years everybody would just go raw right guitar bass drums keys vocals that's it right straightforward and now everybody is playing with a backing track in other words some people will call it sequence but yeah a backing track is the actual word for it and that's how we can elevate our performance or you know some people feel that ah oh, we don't need backing tracks you know it's cheating but i tell you since we've started using backing tracks it has changed our lives okay for the past 10 years we've been using backing tracks and it's been great and we're constantly finding ways of how we can improve them of course there are multiple ways and the more extensive it is the more expensive the gear would get but there are multiple ways of doing it on the cheap as well even big bands like a skylit drive i remember many years ago when they played here in malaysia i asked them oh how do you play your backing tracks they just told me i just play it out of my phone and yeah that's one of those ways right so this episode we will discuss on how we can perform with a backing track and still engage our audience so from pop to hip-hop to jazz musicians in every genre okay rely heavily on electronic production today all right you can hear in any kind of genre there's always electronic beats or extra synths or extra vocals extra sounds you know so if you turn on any radio station right now around the country you will hear all kinds of sounds and definitely you'll hear electronic drums okay so guitar driven music has begun to shed its 20th century popularity and subsequently electronic music is taking over everything and that is the truth okay if you've been listening to the latest MGK stuff of course you hear some guitars and you hear Travis Barker playing on the drums but there's also trap beats alright I saw a meme recently about bands posting up no trap beats allowed Alright, so stuff like that, you know um, It's just the whole punk bands, you know uh, Detesting having electronic beats But then again, you know It's entirely up to you Whether you want to incorporate them Into your performances or not What I'm saying is Live performances are changing, okay For example, Drake His recent world tour Sold out massive arenas across the globe, okay And he did it all without a band If you Google it You can see him singing on an elevated stage And it's just him performing So every night it was just Drake and a backing track, okay? Kanye West did the same thing and that's how it is, right? So, you know, it's, it's just crazy how things are now and it's so much easier to just perform with a backing track. So if you're thinking of using a backing track for your performance before, you know, you're thinking about just, you know, going on stage and then hoping that the track will play, you know, you have to invest in some items. So having a mini jack, okay, a, or a 1-8 jack is definitely the key element for sure because you gotta, you know, plug it out of somewhere, a phone or a laptop or, you know, for example, if you've got an interface, 
that's also a very good way. We're going to discuss eight ways you can do this and do it right. So I am fortunate enough to have a brother who is a pro sound engineer. He tours with bands all over the world and you know, he's worked with bands like Sleep Makes Waves, The Veronicas, Ugly Kid Joe and some of the big bands in Australia who are signed to Unified, you know, amazing bands. He has been sharing information with me on how I can run backing tracks better, right? But if you want, you can check out this free course, okay? It's called Life Clicks and Backing Tracks, okay? Written by the founding member of Sleep Makes Waves, Alex Wilson. I mean, it's an Aussie band. It's an electronic post-rock band, you know, very ambient, you know, but they run all kinds of stuff. And uh, they are a band that my brother tours with. So check that band out, okay? So the first thing is, when it comes to backing tracks, ask yourself, what do you need? So before you use a backing track, what do you really need? You gotta ask yourself that, okay? Do you want to do something that would be cool or do you want to do something that you can't recreate live? If it's something that's in the studio that you feel that you have to have live and you cannot recreate it, put it in the backing track. So for example, some electronic artists like James Blake, okay, he'll perform his entire set without a laptop because he does use a lot of pre-recorded samples. But there are also all kinds of other bands that, you know, will basically perform their entire set staring at a laptop, okay? That's a little bit crazy, okay? But if you know you want certain parts of your backing track to be in the live mix, ask yourself, how much of it can it be recreated or recreated on stage during the performance? If it's a super electronic drum beat that's full of unique samples and glitchy automation, it might be difficult, okay? So you might want to put that in the track, okay? But it is not impossible, okay? So utilizing an array of samplers and drum pads available today, you can get all of that kinds of sound. But if you don't feel like performing some harmonies and maybe you know your sound design that you rather sample challenge yourself really to minimize your dependence on the backing track and your fans will appreciate the authenticity but then again that is something that if you don't want to use the backing track as much but if you want to just put it in the track like for example like us we've got like all kinds of additional samples claps shouts you know um, ambient sounds we just put it in the track you know sometimes it just makes more sense to do that rather than to just play it live because a majority of the sounds that we use now of course there's a lot of guitars but there are also a lot of synths and you know stuff that we get out of the sample pads or samplers from the computer. So that's one thing. Okay, number two, add instruments. Okay, if your recorded music already features live instruments, then you can create the majority of your music electronically in the box via your DAW, but it could really be powerful to add live instruments to your stage performance. So for us, we fuse them both. So for example, if you have a crazy saxophone solo that you made using a MIDI saxophone player, maybe hire a horn player to perform that live part instead. For example, Late Night Frequency is a great band. They have a saxophonist in their band. So instead of triggering it in the background, you know, you get somebody who, to play live. And I think that that will change a lot of the dynamics as well. Or you can perform the same solo but on a different instrument, maybe on a, on a guitar, okay? So live synths do make this much easier and can also help with the problem. What do you do if, if you have a saxophone on your recording but no sax player live, okay? I, I think that that works as well. Put it in the track. So this is one of those reasons where a lot of live acts are turning to bass synths to replace basses as synth players 
can often play a few instrumental parts simultaneously. So think about that as well, you know, mixing and matching. So you may lose some of the crisp studio sound by performing electronic parts on actual instruments, but what you lose in sound, you gain in engagement. And I think that is the beautiful part of it. We have not really played our instrumental parts live, but we do have a new instrumental piece that we've written that we now play live. So that's kind of like a big intro piece that we do. The audience isn't there to hear a perfect replica of a studio track, okay? Some audience, they are in it for the entire performance and sometimes they want to see the track being played live. So performing on actual instruments does convey deeper emotion and it gives your audience something impressive to watch. Alright, the next one, huh? A lot of people would detest this but I believe a lot of people also feel that it's essential. For me, I think it's cool to have backing vocals in the track and sometimes maybe a bit of the main vocals but you know, just put it at a super low level. I know when we watch Against the Current when they played in Malaysia many years ago when we opened for them, they've got main vocals in the track and that's totally fine. As long as it's mixed well, I think it's alright. So keep the essential background vocals. So this goes back to the first point of this whole podcast, okay? When it comes to vocals, use only what you absolutely need. Personally, for me, I feel that, you know, if you feel that you need main vocals, by all means, go ahead. So if there's one instrument in music that people are most critical of, it's definitely the human voice. And that is true because you can't run from a good vocal performance and people can tell. But then again, like I said, you know, it's entirely up to you how you want to do it, you know, how you approach it and how you feel about your backing tracks is entirely up to you. So for example, U2, alright? So I'm reading this off an article. U2's The Edge literally drowns his guitar tone in effects to the point where we're not even sure what he's actually playing, okay? But when Kanye uses autotune, everyone calls him an untalented phony, alright? So that said, if your audience can tell that the vocals they're hearing aren't actually coming from you, they're probably not going to pay to see you live again. So you can opt to keep some vocals in a backing track or cut them out entirely but it's always important that singers at least perform the lead vocals live alright so we have a lot of the backing tracks filled with backing vocals and effected vocals but usually I would still have a little bit of the main vocals and I would sing on top of it just to create layers and you know to thicken it up a little bit so if you're savvy enough singers can sometimes replace the backing vocal tracks entirely by adding live electronic processing to their voice okay this is a little bit expensive you can have like rack effects and all that you need somebody to trigger it so Banks okay Banks is an artist who uses a backing track with minimally processed and layered vocals to accentuate the instrumentation as her lead vocals are performed live so let's be real if your song is built around a bunch of studio effects and layers and you can perform it live with just one dry vocal it's going to sound empty and anticlimactic. okay so think about that layers and all that up to you if you want to put it in your tracks or not up to you so you know these are just suggestions and you know some idea so if you do decide to keep some vocals in the backing track make sure they are minimal and purely complimentary so you don't want to pull a Mariah Carey at New Year's Eve alright so everybody's heard that moving on okay use MIDI pads today there's no real excuse for any electronic artist to not trigger things live you can do all of that with MIDI pads of course you know it's gonna cost more you know a lot more to set up you know for example like the guys from Late Night Frequency they trigger almost everything live but 
card is just a crazy amount of setup. So with all the various options for MIDI controllers and sample pads, you can recreate electronic drums live or play intricate MIDI pads with an actual keyboard, alright? So if you have a drummer, he or she can use a drum pad in addition to a kit, allowing him or her to trigger unique backing track samples. If you don't have a drummer, an MPC or APC, you know, like those sample pads and MIDI keyboards is more engaging, you know, and it could be a better alternative than just having the drum track play in the background. For us, we don't have the liberty to have all these, you know, pads and additional items, so we just run it in the track because we are just savvy that way. So number five, you can also remix your song. It doesn't have to always be as per the recording. You can always you know, change it up live. Alex Unku, I've had the opportunity, you know, to just hang out with him and talk to him about reworking his songs for Good Vibes. And by the time this episode comes out, Good Vibes would probably have already passed. You know, we're talking about reworking the song so that the samples can be placed elsewhere and we can, you know, play live drums over it, you know, have live guitars, you know, so that could help as well, okay? So essentially, remixes will give your performance a more intimate vibe and maybe you don't need all those automated electronic loops in your songs right maybe you know a stripped down version or switching it to an actual live instrument would help okay so think about that yeah so number six you might think about hiding the laptop so it's pretty common you know nowadays to see a laptop on stage and you know bands like bring me the horizon they've got a dj slash you know sampler person keyboardist who also sings running a laptop Laptop, you know, through all these MIDI keyboards and stuff. But you know what? It might even be a little strange if there's no laptop on stage nowadays, alright? But the more you can minimize its visibility, however, the better. So that creates an illusion that everything's played live. But, you know, even just putting the laptop beside the stage sometimes can make all the difference in your stage presence, okay? If your fans see you essentially just staring at your laptop, it's a lot like when you go out to dinner with a friend and he's staring at their phone. It's a little bit distracting. But if your drama is triggering it, you you know, it's kind of like tucked away in the corner, so it's still alright. So if you have to have your laptop on stage, minimize the amount of you actually looking at it and touching it. Like for us, it's kind of like we hit play and then just let the track run. Sometimes we, you know, if I'm talking a lot, we'll put a certain loop on repeat, you know, so just kind of like clicking here and there. But my drummer rarely looks at the laptop. He will look at it mainly, you know, just to see where we're at, you know, and to see like what song is next, that kind of stuff. He's rarely staring at it. Now, number seven, encourage your audience participation, okay? This point is especially crucial for hip-hop artists and, you know, who may not have a band and instead, they just rely on backing tracks to perform. You know, basically, it's it's kind of like a minus one track or, you know, playing with a DJ would help, you know, eliminate that, that fact that you're queuing tracks out of a laptop. But your fans will likely want to sing along with or without your encouragement, so... But part of what makes hip-hop shows so engaging is the crowd participation. So before the chorus hits, do a countdown and tell the audience to sing with you and that's kind of the beauty of having backing tracks because if you have like a little bit of your backing vocals or your main vocals in the track you know you can kind of like hype and sing over it as well so it's a bit of a yes and no you know entirely again up to you right so don't be too domineering but if the audience is having a great time singing along with you they're probably not too concerned that you don't have a band playing with you so number eight the last one is pour your emotion into the performance don't just think about having backing tracks and singing it perfectly of course you know it's always safe and always good to have a guide but you know it should go without saying that if you're going to be playing along to a backing track it's absolutely imperative that your performance 
is as human and raw and full of emotions as possible okay even if you're just an electronic artist without an instrument or if you're visibly engaged with the music it will be contagious and you know that's how important pouring your emotion into the performance means for example Skrillex okay Skrillex more or less just sits in front of a few pieces of DJ gear the entire show but he's clearly having an incredible time when he plays he is a crazy performer and if you don't know that this okay he used to be in a band called From First to Last and you know he started when he was 15 and you know absolutely crazy emo band he sings he screams he sings really well he dances along with the beats jumps around hypes the crowd you know he sings over it and stuff and and I think that is absolutely cool okay so you gotta pour your emotion into that performance right so that additional effort to be as emotive and engaged with your performance as possible will help cloak your dependence on a backing track so now I hope I'm not confusing you because you know throughout you know I'm talking a little bit about you know why you should minimize the use of backing tracks and why you can rely and should rely so you know it's a little bit of a mix and match but Backing tracks, personally, for me, is very helpful. You know, it has changed our lives. It has made our performances better. So use it wisely. A little bit too much can be crazy, but if you don't use it, it can seem odd as well. But then again, it's entirely up to you. So you are the performer. You are the artist. You make the decision. You decide for yourself, okay? So I hope this episode has been helpful to you. Hopefully, you will apply these tips and tricks in your live sets and in your career as an artist. So I will speak to you again in the next episode. My name is Darren from The Band and Honest Mistake. You have just listened to The Rockstars Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. I'll catch you on the next one. Woo!